Blog Talk Radio. You want to replay the point? Okay. Mr. Vavrinka wants to replay the point. 15 on. Good afternoon and welcome to Replay the Point. Today is July 7th, 2017. Pete Z. Brown of Tennis Acumen joined by Karen Health of Tennis View Magazine. Good evening, Karen. Good evening. How are you? Good evening. Actually, yeah, actually I'm in the afternoon and you're in the morning in Switzerland, but uh, we'll call it evening and split the difference. And okay. um, you, Sure. Yeah, yeah. you had a, a wonderful uh, experience in Eastbourne last week. Obviously, we're, we're deep into Wimbledon right now, but uh, a lot of what happened in Eastbourne is, uh, is very relevant with respect to what's going on in Wimbledon, but uh, an absolutely loaded draw for the WTA. And any time I think of Eastbourne, I think of Martina Navratilova's overwhelming success there. And what a what a pleasant experience it must have been for you to take in Eastbourne. It really was. Um, you know, just to start with, the location is fantastic. I'd never heard of Eastbourne before the event. Um, didn't really even know the proximity. It's basically a direct one-hour train ride outside of London. And it's a seaside uh, town that has just a tremendous amount of culture, theater, music, art. So, you know, you know as well as I do when you usually go to an event, you're there all day, you're there all night, and there's not much time to do anything else. And this place is so easy. I mean, you you wander around the corner and there's a theater. You wander around the corner and there's a great Italian restaurant. uh, Actually, point nine brothers to one one evening uh, when I happened to see them in the lobby. So love the place to start with. But then let's take a look at the draw. I mean, I'll just list some quick names. Kuznetsova, Karolina Pliskova, Wozniacki, Melbenovich, Muguruza, Sapenko, Halep, Radwanska, Sibilkova, Kanta, Watson, Bushinsky, Bouchard, Gavrilova, Kerber, Pavlochenkova, and more. It's quite a draw. And I think relative talked about with Queen's Club because brass window is so short, all the top players want to get in as much court time as possible in, you know, true match competition. Unreal. I mean, the, the the draw, obviously it's a larger draw for the WTA and they've been in, established there for quite some time with the addition of the extra week in grass. Uh, there is now an ATP event there. Djokovic uh, appeared there. We'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but my goodness, all those, the list of players that you just listed, Karen, that appeared in the WTA draw a week before Wimbledon. Unbelievable. And, um, yeah, unfortunately you had some, some weather there that uh, contributed to some uh, scrambling with the scheduling. But uh, in the end, uh, Pliskova won that uh, won that event, defeated Wozniacki in the final. Um, but uh, we'll talk about Pliskova in just a second. But how about Joe Conta, uh, who's very alive and well in Wimbledon? And uh, one thing that I think is a career day for her uh, defeated Ostapenko, the Roland Garros champion, and then Kerber, world number one, Kerber. both in the same day. And uh, unfortunately, near the end of that match, took a bad tumble and couldn't appear in the semifinals. But 
what what a what a day of tennis for Joe Conta. Yeah, I, you know, an, an amazing day for her, and that fall was pretty horrendous. So, you know, I, I and I believe she had a thoracic spinal problem afterwards. She said she was quite sore the next day. So, understandably, you know, you're going to pull, and that it was a very tough decision. She said she didn't really sleep all night. Um, Eastbourne's her home, so you know, very tough decision, but but definitely the right one. But. Looked a lot like I saw her at Stanford last year. In fact, again, size-wise, a similar type of tournament. It's definitely bigger than Stanford, but, you know, the feel of the show courts and things are similar. Um, she just looked really aggressive, on her game, um, very, very motivated, obviously, and, you know, constantly stepping in, looking to take, take shots, uh, not falling to a mental slide if she, you know, did have an unforced error. Didn't seem to trip her up. She seemed to, you know, set it aside and play the next point, as we know, and that's that's an important skill for anybody out there. I'm still, I still marvel, Karen, at Joe Conta. I mean, I'm talking about February of two years ago. She was playing a 25k challenger here in Surprise, Arizona. Got eliminated in the singles. Did actually won the doubles with Maria Sanchez, which was nice. But I, you know, later. Not too long after February of 15, she she really started to make inroads with respect to her game and what she's able to do in the summer of 2015. And now, you know, she right now, granted the tournament is in England, but uh, I've seen some headlines. She's the betting favorite right now with some of the results that have happened. And uh, Joe Conte playing 25K challengers as recently as April of 2015 now the favorite at Wimbledon 2017. Uh, just remarkable. I really like her. I like her game. I like the fact that she plays doubles. And uh, I, what I thought was really cool was uh, in, in her latest struggle, if you will, she really appealed to the uh, to the crowd saying, thank you very much. You were all with me. You were behind me. And I think that's going to pay huge dividends for Joe Conta and this Wimbledon going forward. Yeah, you know, when I saw her at Stanford last year, her pressers were great. And one of the things that I remarked, and, and I love the way she said it, somebody just kind of asked her, so, you know, what's what's working for you now? And she kind of jokingly said, oh, well, my fairy job mother finally showed up, you know, laughing, of course, and then saying, no, I've, I've done the work. I've been working hard yeah. for you oh, know, yeah. my, my whole life, but, you know, really been – pouring on, um, you know, the reps and the time on the court and the time in the gym and everything else that you need to do to prepare. And, you know, she made no bones about the fact that, you know, I belong here because I'm doing the right things to get myself to this place. Sure. No, completely agree. And let's turn our attention back to the Eastbourne champion, Karen, uh, Carolina Pliskova uh, did not face Joe Conta in the semifinals because Conta withdrew, as we mentioned earlier, but did uh, defeat Wozniacki in the final. And Pliskova, this is someone who, uh, again, has not had a lot of success at Wimbledon. And yet everybody is anointing her, if you will. We're, we're, we're waiting for her to be world number one. People mm-hmm. thought she was going to win the Australian. It didn't happen. She's just about there, but uh, it's been a wild and wacky WTA season in 2017. Angie Kerber, still the number one player. I think eventually Pliskova will get there. She did win Eastbourne, but she mm-hmm. is eliminated from Wimbledon so far. Your thoughts on Pliskova? 
Yeah, you know, again, Fuska was another one that, you know, we saw her win her first title uh, in Cincinnati. And, you know, I think people forget she's still quite a young player. And, you know, it's one thing to build the physical aspect of a game. It's another to get the mental toughness, even learning how to strategize on the court, you know, and and be quick on your feet in terms of thinking through the game, kind of like a chess player, you know, like that's why they call Roger the Swiss maestro, right? Um, You know, so I think that's the area where she probably still needs some work. She's a very calm, steady player, and I think that works very much to her advantage. Her serve is still a major weapon. She's a great returner. And at Eastbourne, I actually saw her starting to make some strides coming into net and having success, whereas maybe six months ago, I would see her to come into net, but it looked like she was kind of lost once she got up there. So that was good to see. Um, So, you know, I I think she's progressing and it's going to take time. And, you know, people underestimate (laughs) what it it takes to get to those top spots, I think. Oh, yeah. You know, with a with, again single elimination sport, it doesn't take much. That just doesn't have to even be a bad day, right? It can be a bad couple of minutes in a very tight match, and you're out. So, oh, good call. And I'm, I'm going to sh- in our own time. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to yeah. shift our attention uh, someone to uh, that that you uh, were able to see Heather Watson. Uh, great wins uh, at Eastbourne, Serenko, Sabolkova, who won it last year. Pavlchenkova, Strakova, those are some solid wins. And uh, Heather Watson did win the first set today or yesterday in Europe now uh, against Victoria Azarenka, but did not uh, was not able to follow that up and win. Now, let's not forget a couple of years ago she really had Serena Williams hanging, if you will, at Wimbledon, and uh, Serena was able to get through that and win that match. But Heather Watson, again, the Brits were very fired up, the fact that they had four folks alive and well uh, at this stage at Wimbledon uh, as recently as yesterday with uh, Marie Badania and Watson and Conta, and obviously Watson and Badan are out now. But uh, Heather Watson, some very nice results at uh, Eastbourne. Yeah, and, you know, looking at her, she seems to be, a player that is absolutely loving being out there, <clears throat> you know, and I think that's an aspect to playing that you can't train, you can't, you either love it or you don't, <laughs> you know, and, and I think most of the players do, but truly she just like the expression of her joy in her post-match pressers on court, um, it just, it just exuded it. You could just feel it. And mm-hmm. she seems to be stepping up, having more confidence, uh, I didn't see all of her matches, but I think she was being a little more aggressive than maybe I've seen her before. And, uh, you know, I, I think she's riding on some, some momentum and then obviously the crowd support. She was, you know, massively appreciative of the crowds at Eastbourne. So um, that always helps to be playing at home. Absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit more about some of the players you were actually able to see at Eastbourne. Uh, let's go now to Svetlana Kuznetsova. You were able to check out her match against Mladenovic in one that she won, and then also losing to Pliskova. Yeah, I'll tell you, the two veterans, Kuznetsova and Wozniacki, really impressed me, and I got to see both of them play, I think, almost as exclusively on court two, which is a very small outer court. So I was literally standing next to the scoreboard. 
Um, both of these ladies played ma- marathon matches. They played what I call Marathon Thursday, which was that catch-up day. And Kuznetsova actually had, although I don't think the doubles match was played, but she was scheduled to play two singles matches and a doubles match on one day. <laughs> so she started off, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, she started off playing, uh, <clears throat> let's see, I'm trying to go back and look at the draw so I get it all straight, sorry. Uh, yeah, they're playing Mildenovich, and they were double at Indian Wells this year. So that was kind of an interesting matchup anyway, just to kind of see, you know, Oh, not not able to hear you, Karen. Oh, hang on. Can you hear me now? Yes. Thank you. Okay. Better? Okay. Sorry about that. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure where I left off, but both Kuznetsova and Wozniacki, super impressive. Maldanovich and Kuznetsova had been double partners at Indian Wells. That was an interesting matchup from that standpoint as well. Um, Svetlana was just hanging in there, getting one more ball in, but also a lot of great net touch points. Uh, Again, using some strategy, really seeing the court well, I think. And, um, you know, came out on top of that. Unfortunately, you know, after long matches and having to play Pliskova, I think she just really ran out of gas that day, unfortunately. Uh, honestly, the way she was playing earlier in the day, I think if she had a day to recover, that outcome would have changed. Um, mm-hmm. But is what it is. You know, you have to play the schedule. So, um, sure, and then the right. other, as I was mentioning, is go ahead. No, no, go, go, please. Okay, um, and then the other is Caroline Wozniacki. I mean, I watched her play Osaka. I watched her play Viznina. I watched her play Halep. I watched her play Heather Watson, and then I watched her play Pliskova. So that's a pretty darn good run. And, again, <laughs> Caroline was another one that had that marathon day on Thursday where she had um, Halep and back in terms of matches. So uh, she continues to be serving a little bigger. She's playing, a, I'd say, a little more aggressively and not so much just standing back there and being the, the returner. Um, saw her coming into net a little bit more. So, you know, it's interesting to see if she can add some more dimension to her game. It looks like she's she's making some good effort towards it and, you know, absolutely a fighter. And, again, I had to wonder with Carolina not having to play and getting the walkover from Joe and then having to run this gauntlet to get there, would that outcome have changed a little bit? And I want right. to mention something inter- interesting that occurred to me as I was watching these women play, you know, two and three matches in a single day and watching the ones coming out mostly on top. And it occurred to me that if, in fact, the women played three out of five sets at the slam, I think we would see a different top ten. Interesting. Because, yeah, because you have the players that are – talented and can get through, you know, winning the first two sets, can maybe maybe struggle through and hang in on the third, but not necessarily. And then you have the players that play well, have this extreme fitness, this 
extreme ability to scramble and fight like Kuznetsova, and they're the ones that I think would come out on top on a fourth or fifth set. And, you know, with so many points to be won at those slams, ranking-wise, it would be a huge impact. I'm not saying it's an argument to make the women do that, but I just, huh, you know? You know, because it's a different, um, uh, a different dynamic. I don't want to say a different skill set, but a different core ability. You know, you can be really good and, and be a great server and win quickly in two sets. But are you physically and mentally fit enough to stay out there for four sets or five sets? Uh, very very intriguing. I, I'd I'd love to have a we love to have maybe a mini show on uh, what the top ten might mm-hmm. look like uh, regarding that uh, with with respect to the, uh, the the long gunners, if you will, who who have the stamina, who have the ability to uh, to do that. And, you know, even shifting gears to the men's side, we we can see where you know for years Federer was was just the impossible out in a best of best of five, but you can get him in a best of three. And we saw that a few times, even when he was mm-hmm. at the tippy top where uh, someone could serve out of their mind and one break and all of a sudden it's lights out, but you know, you, you turn that into a major and it's not going to happen. So very, very intriguing. Uh, speaking of intriguing, Karen, uh, one person that uh, I've yet to see live and uh, we're talking about the 2017 Roland Garros champion, Ostapenko, uh, you did have a chance to see her play uh, against Suarez Navarro, and uh, she is alive and well. She took out uh, Georgie, I believe, today at Wimbledon. But uh, this is this is the wild card, a free-swinging 20-year-old Latvian who, uh, you know, wow, it's, she's got no fear in the world, just letting it fly. Mm-hmm. And um, she's taking on Svitolina next at Wimbledon, which will be – Again, I use the word intriguing. There really is no other word with her, uh, with what she was able to accomplish in, in Paris and what she's now parlaying. Uh, your your thoughts and firsthand observations with Ostapenko on grass. Well, for her age, she's amazing. <laughs> you know, and then you know you look at her with respect to the other players. She's so powerful, and as you said, she doesn't play with fear. She seems to just be constantly going for a shot, going for a shot. The only area where I would say she, well, not the only, but an opportunity for her, I think, is she's playing lights out tennis mostly from the baseline. Um, Mm -hmm. But I did notice she's playing some doubles. And interestingly, in the match with her, she was going to roll over Carla, and Carla lost the first set, but then came back, um, won the second set, 6-0, and then Ostapenko came back and won the third set, 6-4. But what Carla started to figure out, and I I just don't think she's stuck enough with this strategy, is, you know, not trying to go toe-for-toe with her from the baseline because she's like, Serena, you're not going to win that battle. She's too strong. So if you just, you know, let her play lights out, hit as hard as she can, let her wear herself out. She can, you know, pop 10 balls back at you if you if she wants. Gently place the ball back in play and then wait for your opportunity to come in, you know, and hit a drop shot or, you know, just tapping gently over the net. And I saw Carla do that with some success. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's the area where she can be vulnerable to other players that have – 
those skills and have a lot of confidence in those skills because, you know, like I said, if you're going to just hit ground strokes with her, you're probably going to lose because you're not stronger than her and you're not more aggressive than her. Maybe Kanta would be okay, you know, in that case, in which, of course, she was. Um, but, you know, a lot of players can't play that game and, and come out on top. Sure. No, no. A really great observation there, Karen. I appreciate that. And I uh, want to shift gears a little bit to uh, Ostapenko's opponent at the French Open uh, Championship, Simona Halep, who has a massive – actually, I'm looking at all the you know the next rounds that are set up. Mm-hmm. WTA matchups are unreal. Halep, Azarenka, Conta Garcia, Svetlina yep. Ostapenko, and Venus Williams and Anna Kanyu. But uh, – Simona Halep taking on Vika, who, uh, again, is able to uh, correct course uh, after not really playing well out of the gate at Wimbledon, is getting the job done. That Mm -hmm. sounds a lot like Venus Williams, but uh, Simona Halep, uh, wow, you know, uh, you were able to uh, see some of her in action, uh, losing to Wozniacki in in Eastbourne. What were some of your first-hand takes on Halep, and uh, let's talk a little bit about her matchup coming up against Vika. Um, you know, I think what I saw of Halep is typical Halep. Um, you know, definitely the girl with the legs throwing everything down, put one more ball back in play. Um, definitely also saw some of sort of the negative body language, maybe getting a little down on herself. So, you know, I, I think that continues to be an area of opportunity. Um but, you know, playing strong, playing good tennis. Caroline was just playing extremely well, too. And I just think Caroline had a little more in the tank that day, you know. Um, as far as the next matchup with Azarenka, I don't know. I mean, that one, <laughs> I, honestly, I almost have to say I'm leaning Victoria because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm – she has expectations. I'm sure she has goals because Ezranka not have those things. She planned. I talked to her in Miami a few years ago. Um, but at the same time, she is just coming back. If she's the attention is very positive that she's coming back after you know having her son and you know mm-hmm. really good. And I think also a, a dimension to her and then another level of joy in her life transfers also onto the tennis court, right? It's like anything. If you're in your life, you're probably going to play better tennis, you know? Sure. No, I, a couple of years ago in Cincy, yeah, a couple of years ago in Cincy, I was really impressed with, with Vika, um, where she was very, very pleasant and very positive in press. And, and I countered that with, you know, a few years prior, sort of short and curt and not really wanting to even be there, but mm-hmm. she was extremely pleasant. I, I just noticed uh, an, an incredible change in in positivity with with Vika there, and want to want to just talk a little bit more about Hala because me, you said a couple. Of, no, no. Yeah. What's no, that? No. I'm sorry. And again, I think it was Indian Wells this year. Really, and the people so and first and she really had to learn to become comfortable she had said to her it was 
you know, um, just so um, it's interesting that you saw that change. She yeah, it's very really worked that it sees the value of it now. Yeah, very, very positive. Um, real quick, I, I I lost you on part of that response, Karen. Uh, but I want to ask you a couple okay. questions on on um, on Holop. There, you mentioned um, some of the negativity, if you will, uh, in there. I'm number one. I'm a little surprised, given the fact that she's working with Darren Cahill. I I think you know he's a good good fit for her, and I'm surprised that maybe some of the body language. Uh, is still appearing there that uh, shouldn't be for a top player like this, number one. Number two, Holub had a chance, uh, I believe, had she won the tournament or gotten a little further at Eastbourne to become the number one player in the world, and that didn't happen. Yeah. Wozniak denied her of that. Uh, do you feel that that may have uh, factored in, maybe that little uh, little tangent, if you will, of, of pressure of uh, achieving something that was would be monumental and uh, she was denied again. Was Did that factor in her match with Wozniacki or was Carol just too good that day? You know, I, I can't really say, right? I don't, I'm not in Simona's head, but I, you know, if you just take a look at the dynamics around that day, I would think most people <laughs> would have, you know, a feeling of some extra pressure, um, maybe even some expectation for themselves and, you know, just really wanting something and, and walking away disappointed, disappointed that she didn't get to continue possibly for the title. But as you said, you know, to, to go for um, the ranking spot, you know, that that's a whole other element there. And, and I'm sure Polly came into play. Caroline did play very good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if really I think it was just a matter of the competition was was equally good and somewhere in the end. No, fair enough. And uh, uh, again, uh, let's let's talk. Martina Hingis and Chan win the doubles tournament. It just seems like Martina Hingis is uh, is the Midas touch uh, with whomever she's paired with. It's just all working for her. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, uh, a fabulous tennis player, and um, she's just bringing it in doubles and just having the time of her life. But yet on that day, she was actually feeling ill, and mm. she acknowledged that at the end. And her partner really, um, Chan, really held things up, and she actually said, you know, my my partner was on fire today, <laughs> thank goodness. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it was, if it was a stomach virus or something, but, you know, they acknowledge the fact that she was really questionable, actually, right before. Mm. Impressive, yeah. Interesting. Well, I'll I'll tell you. smiling. Yeah, I'll tell you, the the draw at Eastbourne that that you had a chance to experience on the WTA side was was extra special. Uh, Obviously, you know, the weather factored in, but it was still a marvelous tournament as it is every year. And uh, I've, uh, as we talked on uh, before we got on air, I've got to get out there sometime, hopefully sometime soon. But Along those lines, speaking of that, you know, the WTA is really taking the cake at Wimbledon this year. I mentioned the four matchups on the uh, on the bottom half of the draw are all blockbusters. Uh, we've got a, a, a very appetizing day of tennis tomorrow as well. But uh, before we shift gears, Karen, to the ATP at Eastbourne, uh, Novak Djokovic won that tournament. Um, anything else you'd like to share WTA-wise from Eastbourne? 
Um, just it's an amazing small event, but given that you want to call it small, it's not small in terms of the performance and you know the field of players that are there. And I think for fans that can get there, it's an exceptional value to see high quality tennis up close in a very relaxed, uh, just lovely atmosphere. And I think Novak, you know, alluded to that, that he just really enjoyed being at that place and being near the water. Yeah, good call. What a, what a tonic for Novak Djokovic, uh, kind of maybe rolling the dice a little bit, playing a tournament a week before a major. That said, uh, it, it was the good tonic, uh, the proper tonic. He played very well. Uh, took out Gail Monfils in the final uh, to win, only his second tournament of 2017, and he's looked very well at Wimbledon as well. But, uh, yeah, I want to talk about some of your ATP observations. You ha- you did have a chance to see Novak play, and uh, some of the other people that you saw, you, I know you saw Monfils, uh, Gasquet, the Bryans, uh, your your. ATP observations, Karen, um, and sort of how that played. Obviously, it's a now a joint event. The WTA tournament is significantly stronger, uh, a larger draw, the history there, if you will. But uh, with the extra week of grass, that's really not all that uh, old now. But uh, Eastbourne is a recipient now of an ATP tournament, and they've got Novak Djokovic there as a champion as well. Yeah, you know, I think for you know, adding the layer to do that get much better than having a champion like Novak, you know, this year. Um, but that going back to the program, Kenna Lopez wanted to prior years left a, a gap, a year or two gap, but the two prior times they put up okay, he won some grass before. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Young was looking there, you know, but he came up against Novak, so um, Medvedev, uh, I'm always going to mess him up again. Medvedev looked very good again. Um, he took out Steve Johnson and then um, also ended up, you know, going up against Novak. Uh, and that was quite a good match on the center court. And, you know, he was definitely making Novak take some seconds. Um, hitting the line spots. So look for him, I think. You know, he's one of those next-gen players that's, I think, starting to climb. So, um, saw the Bryans, love that match, you know, love the, seeing them in the final. And, and, you know, they're just always – Oop, I just lost you here, Karen. Uh-oh. My back? Yeah, I can hear you now, yep. Okay, sorry, not sure what's going on. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the Bryans played four matches in 48 hours and still <laughs> came out with a big smile on their face, uh, and we're very happy to have the trophy. Uh, other players I got to see, Gasquet, playing um, against Monfils. That was a great matchup. Actually, Monfils sort of got robbed on a call in the second set, but he came out on top of it anyway. Uh, but Gasquet looked like he was, you know, playing quite well. The backhand was looking beautiful, uh, as it generally does. And, uh, you know, I think the general sentiment among the guys, I think they kind of took notice of, hey, you know, this is this is kind of all right. This is a nice place. And, mm-hmm. you know, 
might have might be a place I want to come back to in the future. So I think it's positive all the way around. Good for the players. I think a nice low key environment for Novak to kind of find his form and, you know, come out on top. Uh, the crowd was very affectionate with him. He was, you know, doing his love wave, sharing um, that out to the crowd at the end. And, uh, yeah, I think it was just a very positive experience for the guys all the way around. Nice. And, and you know, Wimbledon probably of all the majors rolls out the red carpet for doubles more than anyone uh, with with matchups on, on, the, on the big courts and whatnot. Obviously, Indian Wells, uh, we've got some of the best uh, doubles, doubles uh, draws, if you will, uh, in in the world uh, mm-hmm. when people play uh, enter doubles at Indian Wells as well. But uh, being at Eastbourne, obviously, you, you mentioned the Bryans won, Hingis won as well. But uh, how, uh, in your opinion, uh, being a, being an observer, how was doubles received at Eastbourne? Was it uh, embraced as as we uh, as we see on TV when they when they play on the big courts on, at Wimbledon? Um, you know, I would say so, and I would say in particular the women's doubles final. Uh, I was in the whole time, but when the Bryans were playing, I was jumping between the main court and their court because they were next to each other. And I think that's when uh, Conta was playing. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I was pleasantly, uh, I don't want to say surprised, observant of the fact that there was a good number of people in the stands for the women's final after mm-hmm. the men's final completed. Uh, mm-hmm. It didn't empty out, which was great to see. Yeah. No, that that's, that is good to see. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, well deserved, obviously, with with all the players, uh, marquee players in that draw as well. But um, uh, Karen, obviously, a lot going on. Uh, Eastbourne spills right into Wimbledon. Uh, really, more emphasis on the WTA with respect to the expanded draw. The the marquee players, uh, Djokovic, obviously making an appearance at, at Eastbourne, winning it. Djokovic Monfils final is is pretty solid, if you will. But um, any. Um, any observations that you took from Eastbourne that uh, on the positives with respect to what you saw people doing well that uh, are parlaying that now into Wimbledon on the on the good side and maybe any uh, any red lights going off at Eastbourne that uh, that you saw that uh, yeah we've we've got some crashes and some burns if you will at Wimbledon as a result of maybe what wasn't working for players there that you saw. talked about it a little bit. You know, I think Wozniak continues to be strong. Kuznetsova continues to be strong. Ostapenko is strong, but with that vulnerability that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, when we look at her coming up against Vitalina next, I mean, my gosh, that could just be a match two women with baseball bats, basically. Yeah. You know, both of them are such power hitters. It's going to be very interesting to see how that plays. Um, and who can outlast the other, or is somebody going to start coming in with more dimension to the game? And as I mentioned, Ostapenko was playing doubles at Eastbourne, so I'm wondering if maybe she heard Martina Navratilova's quote of, you'll never be the complete player you could be if you don't play doubles. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so maybe somebody's listening early on and going, hmm, you know, that woman might have something. No, great point. I, I appreciate that. I really do. Um, I, I have to share with you, uh, and we're we're literally one round away 
Karen, from a potential Muguruza Kerber uh, matchup. Uh, they both have to win one mm-hmm. more match. But I'll tell you, I think one of the greatest women's matches I've ever seen. I wasn't there in person, but I was uh, watching that. Uh, was at Wimbledon 2015 uh, on on a smaller court, no less. Uh, Muguruza defeated Kerber. Uh, how about this line score? The f- the first set was seven six fourteen twelve in the in the tiebreaker. Kerber won the second set six one, and then Muguruza won six two. But the f- the first set at Wimbledon two thousand fifteen in the round of thirty two, uh, that matchup was some of the best tennis I've seen men, women, anyone uh, two years ago. And we are you know each lady needs to win one more match, and we're we're right there. Uh, Kerber obviously struggling to find herself, if you will. Muguruza knows the way at Wimbledon, mm-hmm. uh, reaching a final and uh, surprisingly reaching that final. But uh, uh, yeah, she's she knows how to what to do on grass. But uh, that would be a, a very appetizing matchup if we see that one more time. Oh, I agree. I mean, both of those ladies have huge potential to play amazing tennis. So uh, just a matter of who hits their. I don't. Yeah, would maybe one that I would love. To. Yep. And uh, before we wrap up, Karen, anything else that uh, caught your eye at Eastbourne, or anything going on at Wimbledon that uh, is is really sort of uh, off the radar, if you will? Um. Well, you know, I want to definitely shout some love to Bethany Maddox fans. I mean, what a what yeah. an awful. Outcome for her, and let's hope she's going to be okay and back on court. And uh, it's probably not going to be soon, but in due time, let's say that. Um, and along those lines, I mean, I know that people talked about what happened there, and you know, in terms of the timing and how long it took for people to get to her. But I just think, in general, you know, I've seen it over the years. I mean, I saw Conta collapse at the U.S. Open. I saw Peng Shui collapse playing Caroline Wozniacki at the, at the U.S. Open. Things have happened in Australia with the extreme heat. And I think that there's some sort of maybe historical uh, expectation that these players are supposed to just be gladiators and, you know, get up and keep fighting. But, you know, Crisea said it well, I think. Um, you know, is this a cardiac situation or not for a stroke? Seconds mm-hmm. matter. Yes. And I don't understand why the first responder in most of these cases is the opponent crossing the net to see if their right. their opponent is okay. You know, if if we have these athletes playing, let's face it, at a higher level of intensity and physicality than I think ever before in the game, you know, if you go back 20, 30 years, and that's not a comment of disrespect, it's just the game has changed. <clears throat> You know, I think a lot of players will acknowledge that. And if we want players to have longevity and to play well, why would you deny medical care? To me, as soon as someone goes down, you get somebody out on that court and you say, hey, are you okay? You look in their pupils and you make sure that nothing crazy is going on. And if they wave you off, okay. But I just, I hate seeing it. I don't want to keep seeing it. And I think something needs to change. I I don't know if it's the chair empire needs more training, maybe to manage those situations, or if the tours 
need to come to some agreement on it. You know, I've heard people say, oh, well, it's always been done that way. And my comment is, you know, that's frat boy mentality. Right. (laughs) Just because it's always been done that way doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. And if a player's health and well-being is, is questionable, we need medical care on court immediately. I, co- I completely agree. No, completely agree. And um, we unfortunately, we've seen that situation, uh, you know, Azarenka, obviously, uh, a number of years ago now at the yeah. U.S. Open, where she, you know, behind the baseline uh, from the heat. And obviously, we know the heat uh, at, at the U.S. Open in New York, end of August, early September, can be stifling. And, uh, yeah, we, we I agree with you completely. I mean, these are world-class athletes, and uh, the, the amount of time it takes for someone – on side courts, if you will, these these are these are huge astronomical tournaments, uh, and there's no reason why proper medical staff shouldn't be available at at each and every court. I yeah, completely court agree. side. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Karen, before we wrap up, uh, uh, always always a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, thrilling that uh, we've been able to hook up here when you've been in Europe, uh, in in Spain, in England. Uh, Switzerland now, and uh, anything else that uh, catches your eye before we wrap this show up? Well, you know, I realized today on the train I screwed this up because this could have been the big four tour had I put Serbia mm. on the agenda. <laughs> Maybe next year. <laughs> well, Switzerland, you're you're, yeah. you're you're not all that far. You can uh, you can do a, a a quick boomerang and and touch the soil and come back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. We'll see you in the next few days. All right. Yeah. Nice no, it's Um Yep, Karen, always a pleasure. And on behalf of Karen Health, this is Pete Zebron saying good night. We'll catch you next time on Replay the Point. Good night. Mm-hmm.